Today we are starting a series called How to Beat the Blues. And I'm so glad to have with us today our good friend, the Reverend Jimmy Bratcher, who's going to open up with some blues music this morning. Good morning. Oh, it's so good to be in Green Bay today, and it's not 900 degrees below zero. I am, uh, I'm just so glad to be here, you know, and uh, some people say, well, hey, them Christians can't have the blues. It's like, man, you ain't been reading your Bible. It's, you know, I say the Bible is just a book of stories about a bunch of losers. And, uh, you know, then God shows up and everything gets all right. So that's all we need to do. To just hang around and wait on Jesus to show up. into the room it was all business that's for sure when he walked into the room it was all business that's for sure cause he was a business man he walked up to the band and said play three chords and no more He said play me three chords Twelve bars And burn it slow He said play me three chords Twelve bars and burn it slow I don't know about you but whenever I get the blues somebody play three chords and no more help me out fellas I don't know 
condition. I don't need a physician. Wrap me out a prescription. I don't need no surgeon. Cut this aching out my heart. Just play me three chords. Somebody wait. this back in the cheap seats this is for you you all over there in the mother campuses you need the father you need the son and the holy ghost you need talking about right there the blues what are the blues that's when you get in an emotional funk you know what i'm talking about start feeling bad you don't feel much hope everything's just kind of sucking the life out of you and you feel depressed and things just aren't moving well for you how can you avoid that and how can you beat that let's take a look this morning at three things that can bring you into the blues Number one, when you try to do the right thing, but it seems like the right thing isn't working. We read in Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse eight. He writes, he says, the one who sows to please his sinful nature and make no mistake, we all love to do that. Easy to do the wrong thing. We all love to appeal to our selfish nature. We are by nature selfish individuals. And if we're not careful, we tie into that old world that'll suck us back in. It's all about me and mine, what I want, when I want it, the way I want to get it. He says, if you do that, you will, from that nature, reap destruction. The one, however, who sows to please the Spirit, everybody say Spirit. Spirit. 
Yeah, the one who sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. And then he encouraged us. We read this last week. He says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Why has he got to tell us that? Because you want to give up. It gets tiring sometimes to do the right thing when it seems like the right thing isn't working. It's easy to get discouraged. We want to stop. Well, I tried. I tried to be nice to them. I tried to be kind. And they were just mean back at you. You know what? Something you got to understand. When you start being nice in the midst of ugliness, it takes a while. Somebody's mad at you. You're just being nice ain't going to fix it. They'll just right back at you. And you'll get discouraged. But hang in there. The Bible says love never fails. You say, but pastor, I don't but, but, but me. The Bible says love never fails. You try to tell me it does fail. Who wins? God. You lose. God's word is true. Love does not fail. It might take a while though. That's the problem. Then he goes on to say, he says, therefore, as we have opportunity, look for opportunities. Let's do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. <laughs> the truth of the matter is the closer you get to family of believers and your own family, it seems to be the other way around. People find it nice to be people, find it easy to be nice to people they don't know. You hear what I'm saying? Real pleasant until you get behind closed doors with them. And it's like, ah, the ugly comes out. People start being mean and nasty. Some of the sweetest people in the world say the meanest things to each other when they get to people around that they're very close to. Don't be doing that. The Bible says be good to everybody, but especially those who are the closest to you and part of the family of faith. Now, I got a uh, <laughs> pretty funny email uh, this last week. Uh, this one lady emailed me. and She said that, she had really ticked off her husband and uh, because she did something real insensitive and mean and, and uh, he was mad at her. And uh, she admitted, she, you know, I, it was wrong, I was stupid, you know, but, but he's, he's mad. He said, what do I do? And so I emailed her back and I said, well, just be nice. Find some way to show some kindness and uh, because love never fails. Uh, so anyway... She said after she read the email, she thought, okay, what, what can I do? Maybe I can just do something thoughtful, something simple. And, and she looked, and there was this ceramic bowl that they had that had broken in half. And she said, you know what, I'm, I'm, instead of throwing that away, I'm going to take some time and I'm going to fix that thing. So she got some glue and stuff, and she glued it all together, and it looked great. And then she put it back up in the cupboard. Well, then her husband comes, and he reaches up in the cupboard to get a bowl. Now... If he'd have been pouring like a bowl of cereal, it'd have probably been fine. But he put in hot wonton soup in it. <laughs> I don't know what kind of glue she used, but it don't like heat. <laughs> so as the thing heated up, then at some point it came apart, and he wasn't happy still. And. Uh, you know, and she was discouraged. I said, I, of course, you know, she talked to me and she said how she discouraged she was. She told me the story and after I got off the floor laughing and <laughs> wiping the tears from my eyes. I, uh, I, I said, hey, just hang in there. Just be nice, you know. Don't give up. It's easy to give up uh, when you try to be nice and people don't respond to it right away. You just got to understand this is a long-term project. 
But God's word is true. You will reap a harvest. If you don't, give up. Now, number two, what else can bring you into the blues? Well, when things don't go as you plan or expect them to go. James writes about this uh, in his epistle. He says, now listen. You who say, today or tomorrow, we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, make money. I got this plan. It's going to go down like this and this is going to happen. And, you know, some people, they're, just, they're the kind of people that just have everything all worked out in their lives. Everything's absolutely, that's fine. But boy, he, he said, you need to be careful with that. He says, because you don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're just a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. What you ought to say is if the Lord wills, then we'll live or do this or that. Now what happens is people get expectations. They get plans. They get things that they expect to happen. And when they don't happen, they get upset. Why? Because you had your heart or your expectation. And this can be in all areas of life. I mean, there's, you know, people, some of y'all come to church and you expect to sit in that one particular spot. You know, and maybe you're delayed a little bit and you get there and somebody else took your spot and that bums you out. You know, or you came to church and I was expecting so-and-so was going to lead worship and they didn't. I don't like that. Or just, you know, we get so into what we want, the way we want it, we get upset and it freaks us out uh, when it doesn't go the way that we expect. We get ourselves in all kinds of trouble. And, uh, you know, make no mistake about it. We are keenly aware that in all the different campuses and stuff, the reason you guys go to where you go is because you like the way it is there. Which is fine, I understand that. But, you know, at some fundamental level, church has to be, start being about more than just what we want. Somebody say amen. Okay? You know, I want the music this way, and if it isn't that way, I'm going to come. And if pastor isn't just like this, I'm not going to come. And if it's like, la, 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 you know, man, now, there's a core of you, it wouldn't matter, you know, we could... A bomb could go off in this place and you'd stick around. But, but I understand that most people aren't there, but we need to grow to that place. You know, don't come to church. Again, so many people come just because what they expect. They expect to be ministered to or entertained or whatever their version is. And if it's not just right, then they, they lose it. And they get their hearts broken. Now, people throughout their lives they're expecting things to be just the way they want it just the way they want it and when it doesn't turn out they get all frustrated and freaked out and it starts to depress them they start to get the blues now coming up on Saturday is Valentine's Day men beware (laughs) just don't forget okay but in few areas of life do people get more frustrated and their hearts broken than in relationships because they expect relationships to be a certain way and when it doesn't go that way they get all freaked out and all upset and depressed and and it it really makes them miserable by and large uh, women tend to get very frustrated in their relationships because they tend to have much greater expectations out of their marriage uh, than than men do and uh, and they get their hearts broken and they get very frustrated now I had a lady send me an email a couple of years ago who Uh, had listened to me and she said she went home and she sat down and took a piece of paper and she wanted to start writing down everything that she had expected in her marriage and and keep in mind she was just bummed out you know she was depressed and having a hard time talking about the blues and after listening to me she sat down and she she wrote down all the things that she'd expected when she got married and she filled that page and then went got another page and fill that, and another page, and she like had several pages of stuff she's writing. 
I'm like, who thinks like that? My list, you know, when I got married, was pretty short. You know, just the one thing. <laughs> you know, that's... <laughs> you know. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> I don't know what people are like going, well, I want this and this and this and that and this and I expect this and I... La, 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 la. So she's got all this stuff and her heart's broken all the time. She's bummed out and she's miserable. And after she filled out all her lists and pages of her list, she went and grabbed her husband by the hand. And they went and got a shoebox. And she put the list in the shoebox. And she put the lid on. And they went out in the backyard with a shovel. And they had a funeral. <laughs> and they buried the box. And had a moment of silence. And then she says, from that day on, she's never been happier in her life. Why? Because she put to death all, When you constantly are focused on what you want When you want it, the way you want it You're going to get bummed out Because life doesn't always go that way You need to keep an open hand to stuff If things get up, you upset when they don't, don't go just the way you expect You need to open your hands a little bit Don't be so tied in to what you want the way you want it Otherwise you're going to be a victim instead of a victor Are you hearing me? Be open-handed. Now, that doesn't mean that you just become totally hopeless. That's the other extreme. Some people, they get so frustrated, they expect nothing out of life. And they just walk around all the time like Eeyore, you know, with a cloud over their head. Oh, bother. Oh, bother. It'll be horrible. I know it'll be horrible. No matter what happens, it'll be terrible. I'm not talking about that. The interesting thing about faith is when you get to the proper balance, there's this incredible balance where you are full of hope but yet completely open-handed at the same time it's a wonderful place to be we're not talking about getting bummed we're talking about being positive expecting everything but not being so crazy that you want everything exactly a certain way the more you want something to be a certain way I promise you the more you're going to struggle in life because things rarely ever go as planned keep an open hand and then number three what can bring on the blues? When it seems like everything is against you. You ever feel like that? There's this great story in the Old Testament. Second Chronicles, the 20th chapter. And it says here, After this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, and with some of the Meunites and a bunch of other ites all got together. And they came to make war on Jehoshaphat, the king. Now, some men came and told Jehoshaphat what was up. He says, dude, a vast army is coming against you. It's huge, huge. When it's one army, it's bad news. When it's two together, it's really bad news. When three of them are together, that, that's a bad day. Okay? And they're not just coming to criticize you. They're coming to kill you. You think you got it rough. You know, when people are actually setting out to try and kill you, that's of great concern. And he says, man, they're coming. They're already on the other side of the sea. They're at Hazan Tamar. Uh, alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord. Smart man. He decided to pray. He didn't know what to do. And he proclaimed a fast for all Judah. Everybody was going to fast. And we're going to pray. And we're going to seek God because we are in trouble. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. And this is part of their prayer that they prayed. They said, oh, our God. Will you not judge them? Talking about the ones that are coming against them. For we have no power to face this vast army that is attacking us. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing actually. And there's a great freedom in being at the end of your rope. You know, there really is. People say, I'm at the end of your rope. What do I do? Tie a knot. 
Hang on. Okay? And the beauty is, when you don't know what to do, when you've done everything and you've got... It's easy to really start focusing and trusting God. Sometimes God will literally get you to that place so that you do look to heaven and stop trying to fix everything yourself. Now, he says, we don't know what to do. You ever feel like that? I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. This is most of my days, I don't know what to do. You know, all the decisions we got to make, and I don't know what to do. I've got to pray, man. Ask God for wisdom. He says, we don't know what to do. We are overwhelmed. There's nothing we can do. But our eyes are upon you. And they're putting all their trust in God. Okay, so then all the men of Judah and their wives and their children, the little ones, they're all standing there before the Lord as this prayer is going up. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehaziel, the son of a son of a son of a son of whatever. There's a list there. I won't read them all. And then he says, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all you who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says. He starts prophesying. He starts speaking the words of God by the Spirit of God to all the people. He says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. <laughs> That's easy for you to say. <laughs> I got three yo mama armies coming to kill me. Don't let that discourage you. Don't be discouraged. How can I not be discouraged? He said, I'll tell you why. Because this battle is not yours, but God's. Hallelujah. See, that's where you want to get. You want to get to where God is fighting for you. And the way you get there is you quit fighting for yourself. And you start trusting God instead of trusting in yourself. So he says, tomorrow, march down to them. <laughs> I love this. March down against them. Wait a minute. This is a big army coming to get me. I'm a girly man. I'm going to go run, right? That's what I want to do. And God says, I don't worry about it. It's nothing. You guys go down there and go after them. <laughs> oh, man. All right. And God tells them where they're going to be. He's got this, the intel. All right. He's got the satellites looking at their movements. He says, they're going to be climbing up by the pass of Ziz. It's just south of Stevens Point there. Where are you from? This is. Uh, and you'll find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeriel. Uh, you will not have to fight in this battle. Now that's the best news I've heard yet. <laughs> But I don't have to fight. Wow. He said, just take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Fight that thing. Don't let that blue glach get on you man resist that stuff it says go out and face it tomorrow and the Lord will be with you <laughs> so early in the morning they head out they left for the desert of Tekoa and as they set out Jehoshaphat stood up and said listen to me Judah and people of Jerusalem have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld have faith in his prophets and you will be successful what prophet? The one that just got up and said it's going to be okay. <laughs> you know, but I need a little faith here because we're going out to meet this guy, these guys. Well, they got in a place of faith and they said, you know what, we're going to trust God. Again, that's one of the beautiful things when you get to the point you don't know what to do. Man, just let go and let God. It's a wonderful thing when you can't do anything to fix it anymore. When you can't fight for yourself anymore. Now's the time to start trusting God in your life. So they all get full of faith. He says, after consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him 
for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army. So they get the army together and at the front of the army they put the choir. I'm not sure how the choir felt about that. (laughs) I'd be thinking, can't we sing from the back? (laughs) You know, how about the guys with the swords and stuff? Put them first. It's probably a better plan, wouldn't you think? But they stick the choir out in front. And they just start celebrating God. And they start praising God. I'll tell you what. What the devil wants to do in your life is get you so discouraged, you quit praising God. And you quit thanking God. But when you start praising God in the midst of everything going wrong, when everything's going against you, great joy comes in the midst of sorrow. And this is what they started singing. They started singing, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. The Bible says, as they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushments against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. Really, how did that happen? Well, he goes on to explain. This is what happens. The men of Ammon and Moab, we got three big armies. Well, Ammon and Moab all of a sudden gets up, and they start fighting the guys from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. So all of a sudden, they all turn on each other. The two armies go kill the one, and it says, and after they finish slaughtering them, then they turn... And slaughtered each other. A little confusion, I would think. <laughs> Aren't we supposed to be fighting those guys? But they kill them. They kill everybody. It's just total confusion. And I want you to know something. When you start praising God in the midst of your trouble, the devil starts getting confused. It sets him back. It freaks him out. It starts messing with his head and things start going against him instead of against you. You see, it's easy to praise God when things go right. You know, somebody hands me a check for a hundred grand and says, here, have a great day. I'm a happy Puerto Rican. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) This is cool. And I come out, man, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Well, what credit is there in that? I mean, you should praise God in everything, but come on, what credit is in that? I could give a hundred grand to a heathen and he'll be going, thank you, Jesus. You know, I mean, he'll be praising God. Everybody's happy when things go good. But when things are lousy, when things are miserable, when everything is going against you and now you start praising God, now you are either in a state of faith or you're a little nuts. And you'll feel a little nuts. But you need to stand and praise because when you start doing that, it starts releasing the power of God into your life. And just like here, God will turn around the circumstances in your life just like he did in theirs. You know, there's a great scripture in uh, uh, James where he writes and he says, listen, Count it all joy when everything hits the fan in your life. It's a marky translation, but you get the idea. Count it all joy. And actually, the word means really to celebrate. It's like have a party when everything goes wrong. Now see, it's easy again to celebrate when everything's going great. When was the last time you called up a bunch of friends and said, Come on over, we're having a party. Really, why? My life stinks. When was the last time you called over some friends? Come on, we're just having a good time. Why? Man, because my wife and I, we're ready to kill each other. And we're just going to praise God in the midst of it. I'm telling you, when you start celebrating God, when everything goes wrong in your life, it brings the power of God. And it starts changing the circumstances. Again, it's easy to praise God when things are good. It really takes faith 
when you're really struggling and you're having a hard time and you're feeling depressed and you're feeling blue and you're feeling the world is against you and things aren't going the way that you want them to go to stop and in that place stop and praise God and give thanks it's the little things like that that gets God's attention do you remember the story of Jesus walking through this crowd and everybody's just pawing on him and clamoring on him and stuff like that but one lady said to herself Boy, if I could just get in there and touch the hem of his garment, I can be whole, see? Everything was going wrong for her. She's sick, been sick for years. She lost all her money trying to get well to doctors who didn't know what they were doing. And she went, and as he passed, she just touched the hem of his garment for a split second. And instantly... Hello, there it is. Instantly, like I said, only good stuff happened, not bad stuff. What's with that thing? Instantly, she was healed. And it's amazing. All of a sudden, Jesus stops and goes, who touched me? Well, now check it out. Everybody's grabbing him. Everybody's grabbing all high and pawing and stuff like that. And he's pushing through the crowd, pushing through the crowd. And all of a sudden, he stops and says, who touched me? Everybody thought, hello everybody's touching you but see faith gets God's attention that's what it is when you start praising God in the midst of sorrow and despair is when you can start loosing the power of God in your life and he can take those armies and those things that are coming against you and turn that stuff around I'm going to ask all the ushers and stuff to come forward and get ready to serve communion at all the different campuses and the musicians get ready Uh, to play so how can you beat the blues number one keep doing good even when it seems like it's not doing any good don't lose heart press through stand in there hang in there keep being kind in the midst of unkindness show love in the midst of hate show patience in the midst of impatience and be tolerant in the midst of intolerance Why would I do that? Because love never fails. You see. You will reap a harvest. You will succeed. Because love never fails. So keep doing good even when it seems like it's doing no good. Number two, ease up on the expectations. Keep an open hand. All right? Walk more in your life. Just God, have your way. I mean, we all desire things, but don't get so freaked out when everything doesn't go the way you want it to go. Because then you'll wind up being a victim instead of a victor in life. And then finally, praise and celebrate God in your life. Even when it seems like the whole world is against you. Because when you do that, it will release the power of God in your life. Let me ask you a question this morning as you're sitting in all the different campuses at Celebration Church this morning. I don't know where you're at with your relationship with God, but have you really experienced God in your life I'm not talking about learning about God I'm not talking about going to church or you know thinking about I'm talking about have you really experienced God in your life that's the beautiful thing about Christianity is it's not just about knowing about God it's about experiencing God and his love and his power and his miracles in your life that's why Jesus Christ went to the cross to die for our sins that's what we're celebrating during communion here 
His body was broken for us so we could be whole. His blood was shed so we could have forgiveness of sins and start experiencing God's power in our lives. I'm going to ask everybody to bow their heads in a word of prayer. If you're here this morning uh, at at a Celebration Church and, and you have never truly surrendered your life to Christ, we're going to pray a prayer together, all of us. And if you will pray this prayer with us and mean this from the bottom of your heart, you can start your first steps of really experiencing God in your life today. Let's pray this prayer together. Say, Dear Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. That you loved me so much, you went to the cross and you took my punishment. I ask you to come into my life and to forgive me of my sins. I now surrender to you. Amen.